As you know, for the past week, we meditated on on uh, the the patriarchs of of the of of God, the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We have reflected on how God chooses people to reveal Himself to us. How God chooses people to reveal Himself, His power, His plans for us, the way He has guided them along the way. And this gives us not only insight into the people of God of, of 4,000 years ago, but also how God guides us today. And so today we have, we continue with the story of, of the, the Jacob, Jacob and his sons. As you know, Jacob had 12 sons. The, uh, he had uh, sons from two of his wives. As you remember, he went to uh, Haran, a place where his Abraham came from, and that's where he picked his wife. But Laban, who was the uh, relative or person from that tribe, uh, want to make sure that he not only had Rachel as his wife, but also the older sister. But at any rate, we see this. So now uh, Isaac returns, I'm sorry, Jacob returns. And not only does he return back to the promised land, but now we have a, one, one very difficult moment in the history of the people of God. First of all, as you know, because of jealousy, the brothers sold Joseph. They sold Joseph to slavery. Um, the second aspect is that the, uh, the father, Jacob himself, dearly uh, suffered dearly because of the loss of his son, uh, Joseph. He did not know that he was alive because the brothers lied to him. He told him that, you know, that the wild animal devoured him, but they actually sold him into slavery, as you know. And, and, and now what happens is there's, there's a history of Joseph and there's a history also of his brothers. The history of Joseph was very simple. He sold into slavery and uh, there he was a slave. The Pharaoh's wife wanted to have relations with him, which he, he did not accept. He wanted to be faithful to God. And so, so what happened is she accused him of, of you know, uh, being interested in her. So he was thrown into prison. While in prison, uh, he uh, is very close, very close to God. Instead of resenting, he opened himself to the grace of God. And we see how he grew and matured. God gave him extraordinary gifts. He gave him a gift of prophecy. And so he was able to interpret the dream of Pharaoh, as you remember, you know, the seven, for the seven lean years and seven years of abundance, I mean, of, of, of rich, richness. And he was able to interpret this dream. And so Pharaoh realized that he does possess this incredible insights and knowledge. And so he placed him at the, at the service of his, of his uh, kingdom. He became a number two person, sort of like a, in charge of all the treasury and all the resources at the, in the kingdom. And so all of a sudden that's one line of history. And the other line of history is that the, uh, the, his brothers back, back in Palestine, the Holy Land, um, they, you know, have gone prosperous, uh, had families and so on. But then we have a moment when famine enters. And so the first year, there's no food. 
they hear that that's that payroll that Egypt has a lot of food so they go and want to buy the the food from from Egypt and they encounter Joseph their brother but they don't realize that he's their brother as you know and so now his brother asks some questions and he realizes that these are his brothers and so he asks for do they have another brother and he says yes the youngest one was named Benjamin and and so why is not here because his father you know the father is, is afraid of losing him he already lost his his son Joseph and so what happens is the, the the Joseph gives them the food sells them the grain and they're going back but he placed in their bags the the money which they gave him for food so they go back and and they tell the whole story uh, of of um, of, of the whole story of what happened and occurred to them. But what happened is this, that now they have to return back to Pharaoh, buy more food because now this is the second year, there's famine and they're afraid to go because they, the Pharaoh told them, I mean the Pharaoh, but the Joseph told them they have to return with their brother and have to return with their brother. And, they, and, and Jacob is afraid to let him go. But finally, he gives in, and so now today we have the second, second, second uh, journey of the brothers to purchase food from from Pharaoh, from Joseph, and so what we have is this revelation now. Judah, uh, they, uh, uh, Judah is a spokesperson for the brothers, and he said he approached Joseph and he says, oh, "I beg you, my lord, let your servant speak earnestly to my lord." And do not be angry with your servant, for you are equal to Pharaoh. My Lord, ask your servants, which means Joseph, you ask my servants, have you a father, another brother? So he said to my Lord, we have an aged father and a younger brother, the child of his age. The one's full brother is dead. And since he is the only one by the mother who is left, his father dotes on him. Then you told your servants, bring him down to me and my eyes, that my eyes may look upon him. Unless your youngest brother comes back with, a, with you, you shall not come into my presence again. So now they have no choice. They had to go back, but they have to bring their brother, and they don't want to, they didn't want to bring him. And so, so they said, there's no way out. So they feel the trap. They feel the, you know, the, 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 the you know, the, the penalty which Joseph imposed upon them. But now what happens is finally, what we have here is a little jump from the story. And then finally, the, uh, the Jacob allows him to go, the youngest brother. And now you have this uh, story. Joseph sees his youngest brother, he sees his older brothers. Joseph could no longer control himself in the presence of all his attendants. So he cried out, have everyone withdraw from me. There's no one else was about. So there's no one else was about when he made himself known to his brothers. But his sobs were so loud that the Egyptians heard him. And so the news reached Pharaoh's palace. And then Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. I am Joseph. Is my father still in good health? But his brothers could give him no answer, so dumbfounded were they at him. Come closer to me, he told his brothers. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you once sold into Egypt. But now do not be distressed, and do not reproach yourself for having sold me here. 
It was really for the sake of saving lives that God sent me here ahead of you. Okay, here's Joseph, not only revealing himself, but he wants to share with them his faith. He says, I know why God did this to me. Well, got, you actually sold me, but God sent me out to Egypt, so I, I will protect the family. I will protect the promise that God gave to our family, to, to our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and my own father. And so he realizes what God has done. I know that I went through these details a little bit, maybe too much, but nonetheless, we have to know this is how God works. God works through our own, you know, difficulties in life. God works through everything that we may encounter. We may not be able to grasp the meaning of everything that takes place, but to those who love God, all things work out towards their, their good. For those who love God, so all the problems, tragedies, difficulties, somehow God takes all these things and brings good out of it. Only God can do so. We can't. We can't transform evil into good, but God can. And just like that evil which the brothers have committed against their own brother, you know, selling him to, to slavery, and yet see what God does. He rescues us from the difficulties imposed. And again, even Joseph in his life, as you know, he sold into slavery, he becomes slave, but then he was, you know, unjustly punished for, for the lie that, that Pharaoh's wife contacted against him because she was so mad at him, so resentful what he did. And then yet, because he remained faithful to God, God gave him everything. God gave him everything. And you can see how God works in our lives as well. God will grant us. That's why sometimes it may take 20 years of prayer. What's 20 years? It's worth it. Sometimes, like, you know, the, the uh, Saint, Saint Augustine's mom. But I have many, many examples of of prayer of, of, of sisters or brothers for one another or, or mothers or fathers for their children, 20 years of prayer as being a, a powerful gift that God gives to that person, you know, because it, it does work. So they're investing in prayer, even if it doesn't seem like the Lord is listening or the, the, the Lord doesn't seem to respond right away. No, he cares. He's always there. He'll always be there. This is why Jesus is, he came to this earth to not only verify the truth that in God is mercy and love, that he cares for us. He died for us and he wants this mission to be carried on by his disciples. And as you go, make this proclamation, proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God's love is here with us. God's mercy is here with us. And then exercise that gifts that I give you cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. And we know that the disciples continue to do so. And even today, you know, we have the ministries in the church. Many are, 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 are cured. Not everyone, but many are. The, the, those who are, you know, or, or those who received the power to exercise demons, to drive out demons. The bishops have received this power because they, are, they have inherited the, the mission of Christ. And then the Lord says to us, but everything that you do, you do so without cost. Do not, again, don't worry about yourself. Do not take gold or silver or copper for your belts. You know, no, no securities to be with us, but proclaim the gospel to others. 
because the laborers deserves his keep. And then the Lord continues. And then he says, you know, you may not be able to convince everybody. Some people may accept the gospel, some may not. But don't worry about it. You continue to proclaim. You proclaim because it's not up to you. You know, God gives the grace of those who welcome him, but you are to proclaim. How will they know unless the word is proclaimed? How will they proclaim unless someone is sent? and then someone preaches and teaches and guides. And above all, the greatest form of our preaching is not by word, but by our example, but what we do, what we say, how we treat one another. And today, just to briefly, I'd like to share with you, even though it's not a feast day, because, um, because blessed is only honored in a certain region of, of, of the world, wherever he's honored. Today, we honor St. Uh, Pierre Giorgio Frassati, he was a 20th century, uh, he lived at the beginning of 20th century, died 1925, but he was just a normal kid, like a normal kid. He was, he loved to mountain climb, he just loved partying, he loved this, that, all the things that young people do. And yet there's also another dimension of his life which is so important. He would go out and he has party and then he would do adoration of the Eucharist, listen to God's word. He would, he, would, he would pray, remain faithful. He didn't mess around. And so on one hand, he had great friends because they loved his joyful nature, his, you know, do whatever, you know. He just loved life. And, and, and then on the other side, there was that dimension of his faith, that he lived his faith, that he just the faith. And it, it, was, it was this type of witness that he gave where um, now, you know, he's he's saint, he's canonized saint, but but Saint John Paul II, when he canonized, when he beatified him in 1990, uh, he said something very important. He says, you know, he said, the uh, the he, li he lived this life of of the Holy Spirit within him. You know, the Holy Spirit, which sanctifies our hearts. Uh, and 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 it gives us the gifts that we need, allowing ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes, we, you know, people feel like, well, if I'm follower of Christ, there'll be no more fun. I can't do anything. Especially young people who say, you know, you know, God, I know, sort of unfair because you know He puts all these limits. But here in this uh, Pierre Giorgio Frassati, this young young fellow, this college student, uh, who. Uh, you know, who, who is known to be quite gregarious. And so St. John Paul II spoke about him and he said the following, he says, he, says, uh, the, uh, he became a living witness and courageous defender of this hope in the name of Christian youth of the 20th century. He lived this hope that Christ is within us and that Christ is always there and always be there. Faith and charity, the true driving forces of his existence, made him active and diligent in the environment in which he lived, in his family, in school, in the university, in society. And it is this love of Christ, this truly driving force within him, transformed him into a joyful and enthusiastic apostle of Christ, a passionate follower of his message and charity. And then St. John, Paul that says, the secret of his apostolic zeal and holiness is to be found in the ascetical and spiritual journey that he traveled. He never left his prayer, he always prayed. He never loved, left the Eucharist which he received and adored. 
He never left charity, a kind, kindness towards those who are in need. He was always available to those who are suffering, or those alone, whatever they were. Uh, and he never left his, his sense of, of who he is supposed to be, that he is a follower of Christ. And he did not diminish this, this, this image of Christ in him, but made it, allowed it to grow because he allowed himself to be led by God, to, um, to be led by, the, by that love for the Eucharist that he had in his heart. So maybe then today, as we see, first of all, the example of Joseph, how God took care of him, how God also made him an instrument of grace for his family, how the, the promises of God that he'll multiply the, the Abraham's descendants as be as numerous as the as the stars of the sky and sands of the of the seashore. This became rea reality because, as you know, you know the the, the Lord will invite not only Joseph, uh, the Joseph will not only invite his family to also his father, and they will be they will settle in Egypt and they will be there for the next 400 years. This is how gracious God is, how He chooses chooses us to be instrument of grace for one another because he loves us. He wants us to be people peculiarly his own. And that gift that he gives us through his son is nothing less but eternal joy, trans transformation into being truly sons and daughters of God. That's the gift. And so through this Eucharist, may we attain that fulfillment, that the promises that God offers to us, that he will always be there for us and will be his sons and daughters. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.